When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Welcome in to Daily Vikings Entertainment. This is Purple Daily. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. And don't forget Vikings Ventline right after. It's a, kind of a morning edition, I guess, of Vikings Ventline after the Vikings and the Saints get done tussling in Tottenham Stadium, where I'm told by Alex Boone, you want to bring the extra long cleats, apparently, in that stadium. Oh, really? Said, uh, are they playing Tottenham? Said, yeah, I believe they are. He said, pack the long, pack the, pack the mountain spikes. Really? For that stadium. Because it's yeah. grass. Oh. Thicker grass, Thicker, longer, right? I don't know, longer yeah. grass. It's like Soldier Field. Should, but should ask more. Uh, Chris Long. He's a hot Spurs fan, isn't he? Isn't he a Tottenham he guy? I, I it's know. hot spur. Hot, hot spur. spur. Oh, yeah. my apologies. It's very, pre- it's very pretentious, oh, so get it, it right. Yeah. Okay. We're the hot spur. Take yeah. the S off. Gotcha. Yeah, very pretentious. This show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Um, And before we get to this Feedback Friday here, also we keep seeing all of you guys sending us your pictures of your cans, your tall boy cans of the Before I Die Surly Beer. Glorious stuff there. Are you still have any left in your fridge, or did you polish those things off? Oh, last I week? polished them off. <laughs> okay, yeah, I believe it was never Sunday. I believe it was Sunday f- following the uh, win. I uh, came home and polished them off, and that was that. Yeah. But I do need to go get get more, and I'm hoping that my store has some because they had actually run out. So, uh, but let's talk about this, boys. Let's talk about the fact that we are going to be taking Ventline on the road uh, twice during the course of the season. The first time is going to be October 16th coming up. It's going to be the Vikings against the Dolphins in Miami. And we are going to be at Surly Beer Hall for for a basically what's going to be a start as a watch party and then turn into a post-game Vent line on a rave. the a road. Line rave. It's a vent line underground. rave. Underground. That's very well put. And so, yes, jo- join us there. Um, drink some beers, drink some, uh, well, heck, I, I mean, Logic Bomb, Before I Die, uh, Furious, and then post-game, we'll fire things up, and yes, if you're there, you can ask questions too, it's going to be great fun, we'll do it again at November 6th for the Vikings-Washington game as well, 
Surly Beer Hall. Make plans to join us, talk Vikings, and hopefully, truthfully, toast a couple of Vikings victories with some delicious before I die. And yes, this will be an outdoors event, so you know, bring a hooded sweatshirt or maybe in November bring a jacket. But uh, yes, it'll be it'll, it'll, obviously the indoor area will be open too, but like the big screen and vent line will yep, be outside. outside. So, uh, all right, let's get to feedback Friday here, where you can send us your comments, questions, concerns, critiques. Let's start with a Lewis scene discussion. So Corey Larson via the feedback tab in the score North app says, how's Kyle Hamilton doing for Baltimore? I wonder if the Vikings will regret not staying put there at their original draft spot and taking him instead of trading back and getting Lewis scene. I know it's extremely early. I'm starting to get nervous. Let's start with the Lewis scene part of this. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of floated throughout the week that there's just some concern here that he might not be picking things up very quickly. Safety is one of those positions that ordinarily you can just kind of jump right into the NFL. And you don't have to sit for six weeks or whatever. He's a first-round pick. And it's not like there are two Harrison Smiths sitting out there for him to jump over. There was one, and he was injured for one of the games with a concussion. He still couldn't get on the field. Lewis Seen has played, I believe, the fewest defensive snaps of any non-injured first-round pick so far through three weeks. Mm -hmm. That's kind of concerning, don't you think? Uh, Yes, and the thing is, despite the fact that he certainly played well on Sunday against the Lions and graded out well, it's what you said is the second thing, Phil, that concerns me. Josh Metellus, I don't care how good he might look, is a sixth-round 2020 pick. Um, it's, It's one thing to have Cam Bynum, who, by the way, when Smith had COVID in Baltimore last year, Bynum stepped in and played well. And so he impressed them throughout the spring and Summer workouts, he won that job. You know what? Okay, a little bit surprising, a little bit, but fair and square, right? But when Harrison Smith goes out then in week two and Metellus gets the job and Seen does not, that raises a red flag. And so, you know, we are three games in. It's not time to panic. But I also think it's somewhat naive not to at least question it. Uh, because if if Seen was a third round pick or something, I'd be like, okay, that's a little odd, perhaps, but not you know truly. But this is a first round pick, and this is a guy who you raved about. Like when they took him, they're like, oh my gosh, they showed us film and like he's instinctive and all of these things. So I'm not saying it's time to panic. And it's sports dad here, so if it was time to panic, I'd tell you it's time to panic. But I am saying you at least have to raise the question of what's going on here. Like, what is the problem? Yeah. So, all right, let's pull up Hamilton here on the old PFF machine. I believe he struggled mightily as a lot of the Ravens defenders did in that uh, in the Dolphins loss. But the thing about it is they got carved up as a defense, too. Yeah, he, okay, he, in three games, I'll just give you his overall PFF grades. Overall, he's been he's been very good. Uh, 57 out of 100 in the Jets game in week one, 68.8 against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He was kind of shaky in coverage, but good in everything else. And then he was great against the Patriots, who were just kind of a slug offensively. Meh. But he only played 16 snaps in that game. I don't know if he's just mixing in or what the situation is there. So he's not he's not playing all the snaps. He's only played 96 snaps. It is way, way, way too early to sit here and say that they made a mistake. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. And it's way too early to say that Kyle Hamilton is a great player and they, they pass on a great player and took a risk. Yep. So I guess I'll just kind of leave it where, where Judd left it, which is I'm a little concerned that Lewis Seen isn't just in there playing right now. It's, you know, this Vikings defense definitely needs help and he should be one of the people that helps. So, but that's it. I mean, right. maybe he'll be in this week or next week or something and everything will be fine. I don't know. You know, so he, he not, put out not, not time to panic. He put out the, uh, you know, half not cryptic tweet, but half cryptic tweet the other day where he was like sitting in his locker and it just said time will tell. And he's like in full gear and full is full pads and stuff. He's, and he's ready. He's ready. ready. He's ready to rock. And <laughs> and he's from, you know, a, a Georgia defense that was literally legendary in college football last year. They had to send so many players to the draft. And yeah, you just like to think that he's not learning to play. Like I got if he was a first round cornerback, that's such a hard position to step in day one and be a starter. So that wouldn't shock me. But the fact that he's playing safety, a position that you think, uneducated mind here, that you could translate well from stepping in on day one, but right now he's completely behind the eight ball, which is just very strange to me. So we we will see. I think if we're if we're in week ten and he still isn't playing or contributing in some form, that's not a guy that you would just sit for a year right. behind other right. players, right? You'd you'd find some space for him. Scale of one to ten, I'm at like a three. Yeah. Okay. I'm more curious than, like, upset. I'm like, no, Sports Dad's not. I'm telling you I'm not panicking, and if I don't panic, you shouldn't panic. I'm like a three and a half, actually. I think I'm Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, Oh, boy. Take cover. (laughs) I'm getting below my desk. All right. Kevin Hearn says, it would make my year for you to read this on the show. Okay. Kevin, (laughs) this is your lucky, lucky year. You came to the right place. I've been saying this for years. Kirk Cousins really has a hard time with anticipatory throws. I think that's why he shuts down in game-winning drives, struggling against the blitz, etc. However, the first throw to K.J. Osborne was absolutely an anticipatory throw. He became open late. If that aspect improves and the defense progresses into their new 3-4 scheme, even 10%, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for this team to have a 2021 run like the Bengals or the 49ers did. Half the championship teams last year, no one was calling championship teams by week three. Uh, Where I will agree here is there have been some great flashes, and there's a lot more for the Vikings to improve upon, and they're still 2-1 and despite some of the bad things that we've seen in the first three games. So that should get – and the fact that the NFL is kind of a jumbled mess of teams in the middle. There's just – there's not really – like even the Bills already lost a game – and they're supposed to be the dominant team by far with the best Super Bowl odds. So, and the NFC is even more jumbled than the AFC. So, yeah, I mean, there's it's it's here for the taking. A run is there if you want it, and your schedule sets up for a run starting with the Saints this weekend. His note is absolutely perfect, though, because he's right. Kirk does not. I don't think Kirk enjoys or trusts himself, which is too bad, to throw receivers open consistently. He 1,000% can. Like, that's the thing is, the conversation with Kirk almost at times has to begin with, trust yourself, dude. You've got to trust yourself. Uh, because you know what? We have, see- we have seen him since 2018 make some spectacular throws. Mm-hmm. I think what frustrates us to a certain degree is he doesn't make them consistently, and the question is, why not? And, and that's where we come back to the conversation of, of Matthew Stafford and Kirk, okay? We want Kirk to make throws that at times are going to get picked off. That's unfortunate, but it's worth the risk. Now, 
Let's go back to, I believe it was the, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been the third pick in week two, all right? The third pick in week two is the pass that should have gone to the back pylon, went to the front one, and got picked, I believe, by Slay. That's just a bad pass. Mm -hmm. That's not like, I never said, you know what I'd like Kirk to do? I'd like him to just sort of panic and throw a bad pass, and it gets picked, and yeah, Kirk, go Kirk. Um, so that that's a bad pass. But you know what? The Jefferson pass, where he ran the wrong route, is the right play. Like, I'll go back and get that pass picked off all day because I would guess four times out of six, it's going to work. Um, and so, like, that's the nuanced conversation, in my opinion, on Kirk. It's not, you know, just chuck the ball up, dude. Who cares? It's you have the ability to make some very special throws, and occasionally it's going to go wrong. But that's okay. Trust yourself. And when you do get picked off, don't abandon it. Just say, I guess the best term is this. The process was right. The result was unfortunate. Yep. Yeah, those interceptions in that in that second game were all of them did tell a story. All of them had their own life and their own past. And however they I think both KOC and Kirk Cousins were like, Yeah, they all are living, breathing organisms. I love that. <laughs> come from different families and have a story, go to in interceptionancestry.com and you can find previous interceptions. That wasn't that... your interception. Oh my God. <laughs> we did some testing. That was a George Bland interception. <laughs> that, that interception actually came from uh, the Doug Williams uh, family lineage. Um, let's get to Alex Pacetti here via the Scorner app. I have two suggestions. One, obviously Surly is an elite adult beverage creator, and we absolutely love to see Before I Die taking off as a staple of Vikings fandom everywhere. Much has been made about the need to replace Before I Die should the Purple actually win a Super Bowl, which they will. So what would we do? What, what would we have for a show slogan for a can of beer? What would it I if they win this. one? Yeah, you did. What was yeah. it again? And Mission. Well, oh, sorry. Sorry. You're stepping all over Alex Pachetti's idea. I thought you were done. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. (laughs) So Alex goes, I recommend a new Surly concoction called Before I Dynasty. Oh. Before Ah. I Dynasty. Checks in the mail. And what was yours again? Mine was a year of mission accomplished. Eh. Maybe it's like three months of mission accomplished. Yeah. And then we start looking forward again. I love this. Because I think it's good to have a mission, right? It's good to. Right. A beer with the sweet, sweet taste of success, oh, wow. yet the hunger for much more in the future. Before I dynasty. Okay. I like this. Uh, furthermore, on the back of the suggestion, and um, I, w- I would like to officially submit my application for the position of vice president of rejecting mediocrity marketing <laughs> division within the Vikings leadership cabinet here, the Purple Daily leadership cabinet. Uh, as a college grad with a business management degree and a concentration in marketing, a decade of business-to-business experience in sales, and well over two decades of purple pain in my past, wow. I am more than adequately qualified for the position. What do you guys think? Should Alex Pacetti get this position? 100% with one, with one caveat. I want my T-shirt that says exactly that. Reject mediocrity. Yeah. That's what I want, mm-hmm. Alex. Get me that. XL? Yeah, that's fine. But yeah. I want that t-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. A lot of people Check keep asking about merch. Like, you know, we got the the Purple Daily hats and the Before I Die shirts and stuff. We are, we're working on plans for more merch soon. We've mm-hmm. got some. I, I did like the merch. Some plans.
The reject nice. mediocrity in like Vikings font could be. Yeah, really like fun. like Dex has the one that says what's Someday. what's your shirt say? Someday. Yeah. Exactly. I like mm-hmm. that one. Uh, all right, Fani says, I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. I know this is way too early and probably uh, wouldn't know the answer for like two to three years, but did the Vikings miss out on Mike McDaniels, the Dolphins head coach? I'm happy with what Kevin O'Connell did so far, but it looks like Mike McDaniels turned the Dolphins team around. Well, then they got, last night was weird, though. There's a That's a whole conversation about Tua. Yes. Anyhow, um, I don't know. Do you Are you feeling like, oh, maybe the Dolphins got, got the guy? It's we're four games in for them, right? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. No, no. I that that is the most dangerous uh, place to to go. You know, four games in. Now oh, that looks like a great. I have no idea. And and I mean, how many times have, have we seen teams or or first year coaches get off to like impressive starts, and by ten games in, it's a mess. You you could say two thousand six. Through uh, through six games, right? Brad Childress, wow, it's four and two. That's really <laughs> impressive. Oh man, the Vikings might have gotten the right guy. So I would, I have no idea, zero clue. Yeah. Also, I, my biggest question with Mike McDaniel's is he's kind of a weird, quirky, yep. funny personality. Yeah. Which is great when you're scoring thirty eight points and you're off to a great start, but then when you start losing and then people start questioning the handling of your star quarterback and questioning whether you should have that job because of your handling of the quarterback, et cetera. Right. Now what's the reaction going to be? When Tyreek Hill decides to leverage his personality for ulterior reasons or something, like how are you going to handle that? So it is it is so early. I love Kevin O'Connell's demeanor, his attention to detail. I love some of the strategic things that he's buying into that were never top of mind with Mike Zimmer on offense. Right. So right now I actually would take – Kevin O'Connell. I think Kevin O'Connell has a more sustainable uh, demeanor, I guess, if you will. I I love McDaniel's quirky personality, and I, I think he's actually an incredibly bright dude. Um, I'm curious now, and it might be happening right now, if two is legitimately injured for an extended period of time and Teddy has to play, now that they're facing adversity, how does he handle it? I mean, that that's kind of the... That's the X factor for all coaches. Like when Kevin O'Connell has to face adversity for the Vikings, how is he going to handle that? Like I think that's that's what I'm curious about McDaniel. I think he's an incredibly smart dude, and I would love him on my staff. But you're the head football coach, dude. Like you have to make all these decisions now. No, that that's right. And my guess is this: Tua ain't going to play against the Vikings now. Little I, Teddy, little Teddy Bridgewater. I bet we get Teddy, and I bet Tua. I bet Tua doesn't play for a solid month, if not more. Even just for. PR purposes, you can't put it back out there for well, several I mean, weeks, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's just a mess now. It was clear, too. I actually, I was texting a, a buddy who, who worked in PR because I, I thought it was so interesting throughout the broadcast last night, halftime and into the start of the second half and Thursday Night Football. They mentioned Tua is alert and his extremity, and he has use of his extremities no, no more than six times in like a 10-minute thing. And that was a clear indication from the team and the league being like, let everyone know numerous times that they're checking in on this game that he is conscious and he has use of his extremities. But here's the weird thing about the whole Amazon deal last night. So I feel like they showed and zoomed in the the replay. And Al Michaels was like, (laughs) like over and over again when it happened. They spent more time showing that replay and showing his hands and then diving into what the, what it means, I feel like, than you would see on a Fox broadcast. Oftentimes, it kind of feels like, oh, there's a crippling injury. Let's just kind of zoom out and uh, you know do a Play promo or something. Play our sad music. Yeah. 
Exactly, the violin version the of violin. the We'll be right back. So they 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 focused a ton of attention on the injury, but then they at halftime biffed it. They didn't even talk about what happened four days earlier and all the I know. controversy. I know. But then someone clearly got to them, like Declan said. Once they got to the second half, it was like, okay, let's let's tell the audience a hundred times that he's moving his extremities. Let's have Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit address this on camera, and then yeah. after the game, we'll have Carissa bring this up with the panel and stuff. It's like they were clearly reading Twitter throughout the game. But, but what's weird about Dex's point is this: um, there was never a second I saw that and thought, "Oh my God, he might be paralyzed." Like, the whole extremity thing, to me, is fraudulent. You looked at that and said, this guy suffered major head trauma for the second time in, in four days, right? Yeah. Like, it was weird. They kept saying it like he couldn't move. It's like, no, he can move just fine. CTE-wise, he might be completely screwed. Yeah, dude. I don't know, but, how, you, I don't know how you put him back in that game last weekend. And I it just, it doesn't. Well, and it they call it make, a back problem. Yeah. He's stumbling over, you know, he basically can't walk. And, and you're like, oh, that's just a back problem. Well, oh, I, he's, got a, yeah, he's got a herniated disc or something. I mean, he's a boxer, right? Like, he looks like he just got knocked out. More, more sources that I was texting with last night, including my sister, who is a level one trauma PA, who would be in the exact type of hospital that, that Tua went to in Cincinnati, said it is normal for back and nerve damage to look like that. Like, even, like every, us untrained eyes say, oh, that's clearly a head injury where he's like wobbling off the field on Sunday. That can 100% still be a back-related and nerve-related okay. issue. But let's say that's true, and mm-hmm. I, w- I won't doubt that information. Should he go back in the game no. with that injury no. last week? No, like, 100% like, no. Oh, it's not a head injury. He just has like a weird back nerve right. problem that causes him to <laughs> barely be able to stand. Oh, oh okay, God. yeah, to- go ahead. <laughs> go back in the game and then go play four days later. Like, right. come on. Well, and then the league says, you know, but we care a lot about this. Like, we care yeah. We care about head injury. Just come out and say we really don't care about that. You know what? These players, they're, they're essentially chess pieces. And we want the best ones out there because that's what it is. They yeah. can't do that, but that's you know that's what gets you is like, oh, we care deeply about. They CP. care to the extent that they don't want to get sued for a billion dollars right. again by former yes. players, right? Like that's what they care about. Yes. Um. By the way, by the way, we've had, I keep seeing these screenshots of people having a great time on Underdog. You guys, I feel like every day someone's like, hey, look, hey, look what I did last weekend. This is great. I love people show us our slips. You know, I I, I want a nice little just. Hey, I, I threw a couple bucks on both running backs yesterday. I took the unders. I was telling you guys about that. And that hit, and that was great. And I was like, okay, snap the losing streak for Dex. But then, loyal listener Hunter sent me this slip, boys. A $70 entry on a five-leg what? parlay for a $1,400 payout. What? Hunter, the results not, on Results you. not typical. Results not typical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Killjoy, Mackie. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Walking it back. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But Hunter went up there, and he literally laid it all out, and he got a big payday from underdog fantasy. You could be like Hunter. You could even be like me. You can. That's the barometer, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm the floor. Hunter is the ceiling. Where do you want to fall in? You can go on underdog fantasy and make these pick slips for this weekend's game against London. Use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, uh, and they'll double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Download the Underdog Fantasy app and uh, make those pick em slips and show us those slips, please. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Love it. Um, hey, Nutrisource is not only a third-generation family-owned company out of Minnesota, Pura, Minnesota. It's also the official dog food of Purple Daily, 
Mackie and Judd, Maya Mackie, Stella Zolgad. In fact, uh, i got to be honest, Maya was a little bit of a bad girl this morning, Uh waking us up at like 5.30 because she wanted Nutrisource, Uh which appreciate the love and support for her favorite food. Would appreciate also if she would sleep past 6 o'clock on these mornings, but you know. You know what? Simply put, guys, the product is too good. And the dogs, I I got the six thirty a.m. I got the six thirty a.m. Dad, wake up, you dummy! It is time for for my for my breakfast, which also means a quick trip outside, which means it's time for her treats. Nutrisource is the cause of my lack of sleep, but also the cause of my happy dog, and that's more important than anything. Yeah, it's also fall golf season. Mm-hmm. Around uh, much of the country, the Twin Cities, there is no better season to golf for my money than fall golf, Declan. Oh, it's the absolute best. You should do that. The Meadows at Mystic Lake, an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. And now that we're getting those fall colors, uh, the Meadows at Mystic Lake is literally one of the most scenic golf courses in all the state of Minnesota. So you can tee off a drive. You know, maybe don't shank it left or right like I like to do. But you can enjoy those nice colors uh, there at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Book that tee time now. Golfthemeadows.com. Go to golfthemeadows.com to book that tee time now. All right. Back to the feedback here. We're going to get to some uh, some constructive criticism. Oh, boy. All right, let's start with, let's see here. Let's start with this one from Matt in the YouTube comment section. Oh, okay. All right. Mackie talks too much and is overly confident in his opinions. Well, I agree with both that, of those. That, things. That, that's not news. Yeah. Uh, you talk his, too much? His cherry picked stats are better than your cherry picked stats. Oh, no. He says he's just telling it like it is, but he's just a fat guy on a plane asking for a second Delta cookie. Damn. <laughs> wow. That guy knows you. He's spot on with all of that oh, guy. Oh, that guy. That guy must know you. You know what's hilarious it's about the? It's always cousins crusaders that jump in. They get. They just get personally offended whenever you don't call Kirk Cousins a quarterback god. And so, if you find if you find stats, and they're not that hard to find, by the way, that right. show some inefficiencies or, like, for instance, he's outside the top twenty in pretty much every major stat so far to start the season. That for Cousins Crusaders, those are cherry-picked stats. You're cherry-picking negative stats. Yeah, Mackie. Rather than just, like, you're just presenting information. You you can label the information however you want. It's sure. just, it's information. I feel like we've done a, uh, a pretty fair job of, of being incredibly patient and fair with Kirk, though. Like, on Sunday, he did not play well, but he won, and we praised him for it. So I, I feel like th- this is the most uh, pro-Kirk Crusader that we've been in a long time. Not according to Ty Cox in the YouTube comments. Oh, I was going to say Ty Cobb, the Georgia Ty, Peach. who I'm pretty sure just reading through YouTube comments every day. I don't know, Ty, like, if you have a job and a family, that's awesome, but you spend more time hate watching Purple Daily, and we appreciate that so much oh. than mm-hmm. you do Surly. doing anything else. Go buy it all, Ty. So Ty Cox says, these jack... <laughs> I love that word. These jackasses it is a good will not admit what they really are. The covert, narcissist, compulsive liar, sports dud Judd. Good old Mac-a-quack, the statistical manipulator. I love this so far. And the talking parrot Declan they trained <laughs> are never going to be truly honest and held accountable for their 11... 11- <laughs> 
they're never going to truly be honest and held accountable for their malevolence and outright lies on this show. Wow. Okay, that is. That's really that, good. If, if there was an email oh, of the man. day. We got it. Ty Cobb gets it. Uh, Ty Cox. Nah, I don't care. You already forgot the name. name. That's C-O-X, by the way, in case there is any confusion. And you know what that, that was, guys? That was brought to you by Buzz Factory. Mm, Buzz Factory. <laughs> Buzz Factory. Oh, you're at the Buzz Factory. So, Ty, thanks for your support, dude. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow in the comment the section, guy. All right, Corey Powers here. I watch your show every day. Huge Vikings fan. I've been diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And there is only one thing I want more than anything before I go. I need the Vikings to in at least one Super Bowl before I die. Also, I, this actually hits, I mean, God, this guy has cancer. Um, also, don't know how to get on the show. I would like uh, a Purple Daily hoodie if possible. Put a pin in that for a second. Yep. Been a Vikings fan my whole life. I've got 45-plus years invested now. More than paid my dues as a fan. The only thing that this team has to do is win the Super Bowl. We've been so close about a dozen times in franchise history. Corey, hang in there, dude. We appreciate you uh, using our show as an outlet. So we we don't have hoodies yet, but we are working on them for this season. We are working on, as part of our next pop-up shot, we are, we are working on some hoodies. And so we will, Corey, send a note. When we open that pop-up shop, please send a note, and we will... We'll make that happen. But hang in there, dude. Um, Jeremy Berg says, just wanted to say thanks for your help in trying to get the Before I Die beer in my hands. Uh, didn't have Twitter at the time, nor am I quite savvy enough to use it for direct messages. I do appreciate you taking the time to help me out, though. It must have been Judd connecting you with uh, our guy Dave over at Surly. My application. I would like to be an emotional roller coaster engineer this season, <laughs> like many other Viking seasons. Seems like it will be full of roller coasters. My qualifications are I've been a Vikings fan for 37 years. I've ridden roller coasters for 29 years. I used to yell at the TV until my wife made me realize how ridiculous that is. I still do things hoping it'll bring the team good luck. Thanks for your consideration. Uh, Yeah, Jeremy, we do have an opening for emotional roller coaster engineer. And so welcome to the Purple Daily Leadership Cabinet. That's a big responsibility, though, Jeremy. Yeah, there's you, you are responsible for a lot of lives. Yeah, you are. And if it uh, goes off the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> if it gets stuck or something. It ain't good. Yep. Uh let's see. Alex Hoop says one of my favorite unintentional sub segments of the show is listening to you guys argue what is or is not a touchdown using completely arbitrary criteria. It is and write that down. I'm oh. throwing out a challenge. Can you quantify how likely or unlikely a prediction needs to be in order to qualify as a touchdown? For example, the odds of a prediction coming true must be less than 20% for it to be a touchdown or something. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. So you are right. It's largely a feel. We've been doing Write That Down for mm-hmm. like seven years, going but you know, back to our radio show. It's definitely something that's more than a 50-50 coin flip. I think in general, like we, we kind of land on, yeah, if there's like a 25% chance of it or happening parlays, or less. Right? Yeah, or yep. parlays. Par. Three options. Yeah, three-item yep. parlays yep. generally. Yep. But we're not, we can't really sit here. The problem is we can't sit there for a half hour every prediction and debate like, well, is it 30% chance? Let's do. Let's bust out the calculator and do some math. Right. Unless you guys want us to do that, in which case, you know. Uh, I feel like we have a pretty good feel for, for what's a touchdown. It's a, it's a, it's a democracy. We, if someone disagrees, it's, it always goes yeah. to sort of the write that down court, if you will. All right. 
Uh, Colin Ireland says, I'm living, I'm living it out with this bastard Hurricane Ian. Let Kirk Cousins know, even in Florida, we will figure it out through the hurricane. Please put it out there for all my Vikes fans in Florida. We will return. Dude, I saw some pictures. I used to like cover the twins in Fort Myers for months at a time. Fort Myers Beach got wiped out. Yeah, man, it's bad. Well, the causeways, go, I mean, yeah, you can't get to Captiva now or back from it. Yeah, it it's is. It's awful. It is brutal on that side of Florida. Hang in there. Uh, Michael Zhang here says, I'm not sure if you guys have covered this already, but I thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss. In last Sunday's game, there were times in which the receivers were either running the wrong routes or getting frustrated by the play call. There was also frustration when Kirk couldn't set up the play in time and had to call a timeout due to the play clock running down. Upon watching the Vikings between the lines video after the game, Ben Lieber was talking about how Kirk or um, Kevin O'Connell was creating offensive plays on the fly based on what was on the field. Mm -hmm. Having a play breakdown and then improvising is pretty normal, but this is the first time I've heard of play calls going off script from a coach. To me, this sounds like the reason why the offense seemed confused and frustrated at times. How common is this stuff? So he mentioned at, in his postgame uh, press conference, O'Connell talked about the fact that he went off script, I think, in the last drive as well. Um, I'm guessing that with these, and it, this is a total guess, but with these younger football offensive gurus, that they go off script more than than we think and probably don't talk about it. And I'm guessing going off script also is just tweaks to a play. But remember here, the whole thing about this year and part of the KOC Kirk on the field game day relationship comes down to Kevin is serving in some ways as Kirk's brain, right? Like like that. that's what he's talked about. I'm going to send him to the line with two plays, mm-hmm. the deduction then. So O'Connell, I, I would liken this – as far and it's probably not it probably doesn't go this far but i think it's a probably a fair comp do you remember in sean mcveigh's first year with the rams when jared goff was his quarterback he would talk about i literally am feeding him plays until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock and and the communication goes out Mm -hmm. right or or information at the line of scrimmage or something but i mean he was like literally deducting what he was seeing and feeding goff i would not be surprised to a certain point if koc is doing the exact same thing. So that that's my point about the grand experiment here. The Frankenstein experiment is, can I use what I know offensively, which in Kevin's case is a ton, to feed Kirk, who probably, from past experience, doesn't necessarily process as well when things start to speed, speed up. So like, I think that's what this is. Total guess on my part. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that he's He's seeing things and maybe tweaking routes. Is it possible that, and I, we could probably ask Alex Boone this next week, is he running a play through the headset to Kirk, but then like changing one of the routes or something? Hey, let's sure. run this play, but with but with this route on the backside or something, right? And it's just it's taking longer to explain, and then yep. guys are getting frustrated. And that, and that play that we're talking about uh, where Kirk called the timeout, by the way, by himself, I believe, uh, which was around the goal line for the – of the Lions. If you guys recall, Kirk was there was confusion with Thielen for sure, and I think it might have been Osborne. But the point to, to what you said, Phil, that makes perfect sense there is I wonder if O'Connell was changing one route there to free up a receiver. And that's, but I mean, if that's the case, mm-hmm. that's fine too because mm-hmm. it's smart. Yeah. Uh, Andre Krause here via the Scornothaps is. 
Should we reevaluate the Vikings' primetime loss to the Cowboys last season? When it happened, we all said the same thing. We lost to Cooper freaking Rush. Who is this guy? But now he's 3-0, and 2-0 as a starter in primetime. Should we feel better about our loss to Cooper Rush now that we've seen him play a couple more times? Andre, appreciate the question here. I refuse to lower this bar. Even if Cooper Rush is more competent than we thought he was a year ago, he is not one of the 20 to 25 best quarterbacks in the NFL. He is a backup. Kirk Cousins is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league playing a home game, disappeared offensively in that game, and forgot about Justin Jefferson and Mike Zimmer and Kubiak, etc. No, the Vikings do not get a free pass retroactively for losing to Cooper Rush, despite Cooper Rush looking fairly competent. Unless you guys disagree, I will not lower that bar retroactively. I think it's twofold. I think that we can now go back in retrospect and say Cooper Rush is better than we thought that night, and the Vikings still should have won that game. Yes. The Vikings beat Aaron Rodgers at home on a fairly consistent basis. Win a game against a backup quarterback. Okay. Yep, I agree. Same goes for Andy Dalton this weekend. No excuses. Just go to London and clobber Andy Dalton. Okay. Just make make knock it him out. You want him knocked out? <laughs> no, no, I don't want. No, not after what happened. Okay. At Tua. Good. No. Yeah. Uh, Mark Holmbeck says my suggestion for random Viking of the week, which I sent to Declan, but he's too busy reading fan mail about his eyes and giving a wow. giving up the giving up in the Vikings challenge. Wow. Allow you guys to kill the audio to Judd on one of the hints so that you have a disadvantage. I don't know. I don't think we I don't think, I don't we're think we need do to do that. that. I don't think we need to oh. do that. No. 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 I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think we're gonna give you an no. unfair we're we're already we're already tag teaming now. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean we've got on. we are so one of us is gonna be fresh every single week going Why the drive by at Dex? That's uh, normal. That's no, that's, maybe that's Dex didn't feedback. respond to his email. Yeah. Oh. That's normal feedback. I'm not too shocked by that comment. Okay, Parrot. <laughs> and then uh, Tyler Schultz here via the Scorn of the uh, says, I've been listening to you guys a little over two years. I just wanted to say thank you for always putting out such great content. Thank you, Tyler. After the game yesterday, this is from earlier in the week, I was wondering why I was feeling more optimistic than I was this time last season with our second field goal over the Lions at home. Mm-hmm. Our, with our last second field goal when they beat the Lions last year. I feel like the last two seasons under Zimmer were mostly deflating, and I feel like we knew our ceiling both offensively and defensively. I know our offense has been up and down for the last season. Sorry, so far this season. But I do feel like our potential offensively is much higher than it was under Zimmer. I feel like so many of the teams that are playing deep into the postseason start to click midseason and late in the season. Yes. That is the hope here, and that is correct. I mean, who was the team that peaked around this time in October last year? The Cardinals. Right. So I'm okay with them feeling this thing out. P.S. Phil, hope your dad is doing better. Nice. Um, yeah, he's he's struggling quite a bit. He's got cancer, and so I'll be down there again for for the weekend, maybe doing some vent line from, uh, from a side bedroom down there somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona. But uh, appreciate the note here. But, yeah, back to the thing here is – I'm not panicking at all that they haven't clicked yet. I didn't expect them to click in the first month of the season. So if they start like three or four and one, and they're going to be favored this weekend and next weekend without clicking yet, that's great. And the difference to me is this, too. This team, one, has won two games, which is fine. 
But the other thing is, and, and that note does a perfect job of pointing this out, is there's still expectation here, right? Like there is an unknown. There might be a bunch of them. Um, the Zimmer teams, the last especially two years, that was all gone. We knew exactly who they were probably going to be. Um, the, the results were, I thought, fairly, while disappointing, predictable. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, has, has two and one looked perfect? God, no. But I'm also not saying, well, you know what? I've identified who this team is. So that note encapsulates exactly why why this is not the joyless experience that 2020 and 21 were because there's still so many potential positives we don't know yet but they're but they're potentially there yep you know what uh, a joyful experience is those minnesota lottery those scratch games oh god like scratch games that's exactly right and with 10.2 million in total cash prizes you know what it's time to boys it's time to go big with the lottery's big ticket viking scratch game so big, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. The lottery, just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to go big. Again, even if the Vikings don't win, guess what? You can win with the Vikings with the big-ticket scratch game. Amen. Uh, also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been helping businesses for over 100 years with risk management, like a great offensive line, protecting your business if you're the quarterback sitting back there. And uh, just a lot of really good, smart, thoughtful people that measure their success by the success of your business. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. And so there it is. There's a Feedback Friday in the books here on Purple Daily, gentlemen. We will be uh, back at you for some Purple Picks on Saturday and then an early edition of Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel exclusively after the Vikings likely beat the Saints. Oh, boy. Likely. Why, why'd you do that? I even say it. Likely. Old why'd you do that? This is why Ty Cox hates you. This is why. Mark of Friday you lie. You lie to the public. You, you manipulate. I'm a narcissist. Back. And Declan's a parrot. Back. <laughs> Listen, where is he? Yeah. Sounds about right. See you guys. Dollar, dollar.